welcome back to monday morning blues this is going to be episode number 4 uh, it's a little bit of a break from our last episode contributing factors to this have been the international break but uh, more than that it's been other mitigating factors like namely my internet so uh, thankfully we've passed that and uh, prashant also is uh, currently in a bad weather situation hopefully that does not affect his power or his internet so we're going to try to record this in one go yep and there's a lot of exciting news for us to react to uh, so this is chelsea chelsea just is constantly in a state of chaos um so popular saying you can take try to take the chaos out of chelsea but you can't no i said the reverse you could try to get chelsea out of chaos but you can't take the chaos out of chelsea so <laughs> so <laughs> Damn, I messed that up. Like I should have practiced like it. It seems like we are. I mean, with our managerial hires in the past, it seems like we want that chaos. Um, and yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, and there are some, there are some uh, things that uh, are unique to Chelsea. And sometimes I be, I'm very proud of, of uh, the qualities of Chelsea as a club. this is one thing maybe i can do without like yes it is very exciting but at the same time it's very emotionally draining you know reacting to all the ma- managerial hires and fires and the signings and signings not working out so and the owner change so and one expectation i had is that with the new owners it would be slightly different it will be different from abramovich's era but uh, it's not it's they tried to be different but it's they're not started off uh, that way it's completely opposite what they had promised so mm-hmm. so uh, prashant uh, you had thoughts uh, let's let's start what do you think about potter's firing is it the right thing to do uh, what are your thoughts i mean um you brought up something that made me think about about the change in ownership or change in guard mm-hmm. you know people often say oh if abramovich was there potter would have been fired earlier i kind of feel like if marina Granaskaya and Perechek and the others were there mm-hmm. I don't think they would have fired Potter to be honest if they kept him that long so it either they would have realized very early on mm-hmm. not working out but if they've kept him this long I don't think that this would have been like an uh, uh gus hitting type uh situation because uh they would have seen and especially with peter crouch there they would have seen you mean peter check sorry did i say peter crouch <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely not crouch okay <laughs> peter check there yeah there's, there's this he would have said look at the fact that our expected goals is really high look at the fact that way we are playing our defense has some issues but we also have a big we have a big squad the squad size i i, I cannot there are so many mitigating factors um i am really disappointed with potter getting fired because i feel like chelsea have gained a reputation of ruining players careers it saddens me to think that we are responsible for putting a black mark on potter um right fans and other people saying the job was too big for him he wasn't a big club manager and you know i'm just it just blows me away when people talk like that the disrespect that they show there's i still now people have not been the only part of big club managers that i think i if my understanding is that 
you have the command and respect of the biggest egos in the in the dressing room that's right. what they mean by big club manager mm-hmm. but you know what i don't i need to, my history is very short i am tired of being the ones who buy success you know i grew up in dubai right funny thing in dubai was if we wanted anything we'd hire europeans um we'll pay over you know more money than required and we'd borrow designs just so that we can get it back into dubai we never created right oasis was never created there the oasis was built so when you talk about pep guardiola and his first time when he coached granted he had messi right right at time i don't know what i don't know what uh, big club management he had done mm-hmm. i don't know what pedigree coaching pedigree that you're talking about what are you talking about like why should we always be the ones who have to pay over the top dollar for a manager who's amazing why can't we build why couldn't potter have been the person who built his career here and other people want to poach him away from us you know like why is it that we are always it it saddens me and it's it saddens me that people question his his especially now everybody should be given their flowers so the the person deserve is did i get that correctly doing well at brighton right now yeah yeah that is being compared to well clearly potter was in that special brighton special and this the 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 things around the setup is special so anyway i'm um and especially um you know how everybody reacted to if you're going to fire tushil you know you don't get in a porter so if you're going to react like that like i think jamie carriger said that on sky if you're going to fire mm-hmm. bring in a porter well my response is if you're going to fire porter you don't bring in a lampard right and i love frank lampard but i'm sorry um this is still no player if as alex ferguson said no no player is bigger than the club right so i don't care how much i love frank lampard he's mm. not bigger than my club and so and what do you think okay so okay so let, before we get into the discussion of the interim so let's let, i had a couple of things to say about porter so you had brought up an interesting point which was if uh, marina and uh, Peter Cech was still at the club and Abramovich was still the owner would they have actually fired Potter so there are two points here which one in support of your argument and one that is against your argument number one is that i don't think in abramovich's time i can't remember but i really don't think he has fired two managers in a year so even if the second manager was not having a good time of it i don't believe he was fired immediately at least they waited till the summer to make a change is what my memory is telling me i could be wrong right. so definitely this move of firing two managers in one year is something new mm-hmm. so that is in favor of what you were arguing for the other thing i think that goes against your uh, argument is that uh, yes peter check could make an argument to abramovich saying that uh, uh we might be playing some good football and expected goals are quite good and the finishing has been horrible but at the end of the day i don't think abramovich cared about anything else apart from results and i am 
totally convinced that the decision to fire swiftly and immediately came right from the top. It was all Abramovich. Like we, we've had former players and managers speaking about this openly where they tell us that when the decision has been made, mm-hmm. a helicopter flies in and Abramovich just gets off the copter and just fires the manager. That's what happens. So I think in this year, I tend to think that Abramovich probably would have fired Potter earlier, not now in April, maybe something like January end or February, somewhere around the time frame where Lampard was fired, which I believe happened February end or March beginning, around this time frame. And I distinctly remember the time frame because over the past few years, this has tended to happen to our club where we seem to have a good start to the season a lot of times, but then the busy period of December and January starts and we've lately become like Arsenal where we, our season just falls apart. This right. happened with Lampard, this happened with Tuchel. So that's a little bit troubling over there. So yeah, so that's that's with the, with regards to Potter's uh, firing, whether Abramovich would have, been, would have reacted differently. With regards to the firing itself, I think, yes, I think I do support it. I have tried to look at the positives of having a long-term manager. Uh, I have tried to trust the process and to be patient to see if there is progression that is happening. But there are some things that frustrated me a lot. Uh, Number one was obviously tactics. There were a lot of things that I disagreed with. There was absolutely no consistency going from week to week. Uh, A lot of personnel changes, a lot of formation changes, which didn't make any sense to me. Like within a game itself, we would be 3-5-2 and then suddenly 4-3-3 and then back to 3-4-3. Like I couldn't understand who was playing where. And as a football fan who has followed football in general and Chelsea specifically for so many years, I back myself to have some tactical understanding of the game. And when I don't see, I don't see that reflected in our play and even like other pundits, commentators, other fans, when they are also befuddled, like either, either you're Pep and you know, you know what you're doing and you don't have to listen to every, anybody out there because you are the pioneer. You're like the tactical thinker and you've proven that. Right. Or you're just trying things and seeing what works. So I tend to think it's the, it's the latter. So that's one thing. The second thing, I, I, I know you, you hate this point, but it started to get on my nerves over the past few weeks. The, his, his demeanor and the lack of respect that people showed towards him in punditry and commentary, like I think it was becoming untenable. Because I I get his press conferences in the beginning, but his reaction started to become very monotonous and very stale. Like you cannot come out and say the boys did well, they tried their best every single time. Like I like it would be amazing in an ideal world for the manager to just worry about tactics. Like that would be really good. M- maybe Pep does this to some extent. He all, only cares about that. He actually doesn't even 
cater his reaction to what the people what people are asking him in the press but his press conferences just drained me i was hoping for some for some tactical insight maybe or maybe some sort of spark like you earlier you uh, before our recording started you were mentioning about uh, pochettino and how there was a buzz about the plays at spurs Right. I I I I tend to think is was there a buzz around the place? Were were people excited to come into training and uh, uh, were not not just the players, were the staff excited to come into come into play? Maybe maybe this is a you know some a point which I have no right to talk about. Maybe he did have that, but it just from the outside it felt it wasn't there. Mm. Um, a couple of more points, just quickly. I just wanted to mention. Uh, I think for. i consider myself to be a die hard chelsea fan and i would consider myself uh, equal to any stadium going fan but the reality of the situation is stadium going fans are more important like they dictate the atmosphere of our home crowd and especially in home games mm-hmm. and if their mood is sour and if they start booing the players and booing the manager that is not a good situation so and if this happens repeatedly which definitely happened against southampton aston villa so these are multiple games so if that starts happening something has to be done because that affects the entire mood of the place it might cause certain fringe players to um basically make up their mind that they definitely want to leave the place and if that happens they're not going to give their 100% because at the end of the day tactics and uh, formation all of these things are important but if the players are disillusioned and they are not willing to put in their all because of things happening in the media that they hear about because of fans booing them that that just creates a negative cycle so that's not a good thing and the last thing that i wanted to mention is yes potter has uh deserve some respect he has shown that he's able to uh exceed expectations at a lower club like brighton and he actually built his career out of nothing almost like he went and managed in all sorts of countries before he came to england but at the end of the day i feel a top level manager nowadays in the modern game it has to have one of two things either one is to have a track record where he's performed at the top of any league whether that be germany or italy or england so basically some managerial track record or command the respect of players and the media and everybody in general with a solid top level playing career and i don't think he has either of those so that's not his fault but if if potter was zidane he would naturally command respect whether that be from players or media or from owners or staff or recruitment or scouting whatever it be but he's not there unfortunately for him so right combination of all these reasons made me think that yes it was right to think about uh, getting rid of him and uh, and and you were saying right um with regards to his uh, time at brighton now deserby is doing really good and everybody has the opinion that uh, deserby is doing great so it's not really potter's uh, success it's brighton's success 
Mm. But I do. I, I, I'm I'm not in that camp. I do think uh, Potter did a lot of good good things, and mm. Deserve is probably reaping the rewards right now. A, a lot of times this happens in football where you have a former manager who lays down the foundations of a team and then leaves, and then another manager comes in and sort of infuses his own philosophy with the existing foundations and creates something better. I I I. Heavy, I, 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 I'm convinced that Arsenal of the late 90s and early 2000s with Wenger benefited from the uh, solid defensive Arsenal that existed before his time. Like he mm-hmm. came and added in his French flair and everything, but he benefited from that. And, and you saw that as he, uh, as, as the squad uh, had turnover and then time. Uh, we 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 came into the 2010s. That defensive solidity went away, and that's when Arsenal struggled. Right. So I I think that's an important point to keep in mind. Right. And I I completely agree with you, because of the churn of our club and because of the chaos of our club, there are so many careers that get affected negatively, and I hate to see that. I hate to see somebody getting fired, especially considering how. Graham Potter looked like a really good guy who had a different approach to management that right. was centered more on empathy rather than the boisterous, aggressive, fuck everybody approach that we've seen from a lot of our successful managers in the past. Right. And yeah. I think I think that what's frustrating is I mean, all the points you brought up is the good thing is well, where I agree with all the points that you brought up is that they're they stand on their own. The problem I have with the rhetoric is when people say stuff like, "Oh, now that Lampard's back, Mason Mount will get to play again like he should have been before." I mean, you're 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 talking about two different things. I don't know why you won't give Potter credit for saying. But thinking that in this inflated squad, in his ideas, Mount doesn't fit. It's as simple as that. Because it wasn't about creating chances, it was about finishing. And so he felt that Mount wouldn't add value to that. And he made a call and he will die by that. He died by that call, okay, right or wrong. But nobody gets a, nobody should be, I, I, I it, it baffles me that people are given a, like a, oh, he, he's untouchable. He cannot be dropped or he cannot have to, like everybody can be dropped. Everybody has to prove themselves. So I, it's just the rhetoric's also a little interesting because the point that I agree with, and this is why I think it shouldn't, it sadly shouldn't be a factor, but it is. Um, why, why is it that the commentators are biased towards Lampard uh, rather than Potter. For example, this is just an example. Again, it might seem like I'm anti-Lampard, but the point is your point about the 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 tone of the of the um, commentators. Now, granted, the people in the pitch, they are, as you say, they're feeling the game as the players are. They're feeling the energy, they're sharing the energy, they're contributing to the energy, so fair play. But commentators, when they take sides like this, especially because commentators are ex-players, right? 
that's I think that's 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 a little messed up because it shouldn't contribute because it's now cyclic, right? You don't right. give the guy a chance. You say, well, he doesn't have pedigree. You keep putting him down, and for every bad result, you keep putting him down, and then you say, well, look at the look at the look at the temperature. Look at the look at the, this one at the club. Everybody is so down and about. Well, you brought it down. You contributed to that. Because when Liverpool's doing bad or when when your former club's doing okay, you're saying, well, they're figuring it out. But I can see some promising signs. Like, come on. Like, we can spin this. I mean, we can have a whole different conversation about that. Yeah, Uh, true. See, that's the thing, right? It's it's very complicated. In in this analysis also, in terms... Okay, let's just say commentators. There are the... uh, There are good faith ones and there are bad faith ones, right? Like there's people with an agenda and there are people who are actually fair. And it, 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 it and it's not, it's not zero and one either. It's like a spectrum. Like some right. people might say something stupid once in a while in support of uh, uh, firing Potter, which might not be very uh, justified. It might just be out of their own preconceived biases and uh, they just say that. So it becomes very hard to analyze, but as a whole, we we can see that when it comes to English football and English media and English punditry, it, it it's like you you slap my back, I slap yours. So it's it's like very buddy buddy. Like if you are part of the club, then you right. will get a leg up, and right. and essentially that's what's happened, right? Like Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard, they would never have got the jobs with their experience if not for their playing career and their connections and the respect they command. Right. So it, 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 I guess that's the way it is. And right. uh, I guess our job is to analyze the situation independent of such biases and see if whatever decision the club is making is actually warranted. So, okay, so that, that, bring, that brings us uh, to a good point to start talking about where we are right now. So, mm. Now Lampard, the interim shock appointment. In the middle of the day, I suddenly get a notification. I'm like Lampard, and then I. Uh, the funny thing is that I had at least four friends of mine, and two of them don't even follow football. They all of a sudden message me, and they're like, "Lampard, are you serious? Why are you going back to Lampard?" As if I'm a spokesperson for the club, <laughs> and I'm like, "I have no idea, dude." And then I realize it's like an interim appointment. So let's start there. What do you think about this interim appointment? Is it the right way to go? And is Lampard the right person to have as the interim right now? So, I mean, um, I was thinking about what... So, by the way, um, I think Marina and the board, the previous board, wouldn't have hired Porter in the first place. Because (laughs) they would have learned from Lampard... That while we are a club that aspires to, you brought you brought up a point about we are a, it's a, you care about the results. Yeah. Chelsea Football Club, as fans, don't care if we park the bus. We're not that much. We will take a one zero at you know at City any day. Yeah, that's Chelsea DNA. Yeah, exactly. So and yeah. they realize that they realize that with Lampard that. You know what? It's nice to have a long-term project, but no, we like silver. We like our silverware. We like shiny things. So bring us the shiny things. Bring in Tuchel. So I don't think they were hired um, Potter for that reason. But so, and I don't know. So as as it as it as it pertains to caretakers, mm-hmm. 
it sounds nice that a caretaker is someone who's as involved in the club as Lampard is, um, or who cares about, who really cares about the success. So you really want someone, you want to hand it off to someone who you know is not treating it anything more than just, I, I love this club. I don't want, I want to help guide it to the next phase. Because honestly, I don't think you can justify this is doing anything for Lampard's managerial career. In fact, the banter that we're getting right now is every all the fans are hoping that Lampard does a stellar job so that we hire him for a five-year contract and then right, okay. lose it up next uh, next season. Yeah. Um, so I think interim is fine if you haven't uh, if 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 you if you haven't made a decision if you want more time to decide who it's going to be next. Sure, interim is great. Um, and Lampard, sure. I would think generally the way you go with interims is you the 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 staff, um, the staff uh, generally take over. You don't fire the entire if you have not fired the entire staff because they're on different contracts. They take over the club, and so which is why I thought if you are even considering Lampard as interim, mm-hmm. maybe you should have added him to the staff, or maybe you should have added other people who you thought would be nice interims to the staff so that you give them some like a, a run up to the to it at least and again the timing of this is what again uh, perplexed everybody like you had the whole international break why couldn't you yeah. fire Potter before and then do the search then anyway it's so given all of that given the timing was right given that they they want to take their time with the decision they think they need more time um, someone who will really uh, come to the job with no strings attached, yes. Um, in that sense, yes. In the sense that he's going to bring us the Champions League because uh, um, uh, uh, Di Matteo uh, got us the Champions League when he came in as a caretaker. Please. Please. I'm sorry. You can say what you want about Potter. Mm-hmm. He himself said he's very naive in Champions League, but his best managerial work has been for Chelsea has been in the Champions League games. The AC Milan games were great. We totally dominated Milan, and right. I loved watching that. Like it was great to watch us actually go against a European big and say we are here. We mm-hmm. are not just coping. Um, I think the Dortmund was great. So, do I think Lampard can do better? No. Do I think he can do equally good? Sure. But if we get bounced out by Madrid, what's there's, there's nothing. Like, right. what is he going to do? Like, what is his job at that point then? For the remainder of the season, what is his job? So, clearly, even for him, there is no upside, which mm-hmm. is great, which is what, what you want in a caretaker. Like, right. I will lose, I could lose to Ancelotti, and that's fine. And then I have like 10 games maybe that I need to manage, it's not going to help Lampard's career in any way. So it's, in that sense, I feel good. Uh, from a tactical sense, um, no. But if, if if you mean you need the summer to make decisions, sure, why not? What do you think? Okay, so couple of points here. I agree about the timing. It uh, does not make any sense to me. I sort of try to think of it from the owner's perspective, the owner and the co-owner, Todd and Bedard, both of them. So, I think they were hoping that 
Potter has turned it around a bit. He's starting to get a little uh, uh, some results, uh, some wins, some draws. And then after the international break, they were hoping and expecting that that would lead to some form which would propel us into maybe a European place. Not top four, but maybe a European place. But then after the international break, when we had losses, especially the one against Villa, I think then they all of a sudden panicked. They probably had these thoughts uh, marinating in their brain that they should try to get rid of Potter and they were unsure and they were trying to stick by the promises they made in the at the beginning of the year. But then they decided that enough is enough. It's time to get rid of Potter. But I agree. Like It makes no sense. If you're planning to get rid of him, you should have done it before the international break. So that is point number one. Now, point number two, when it comes to this interim business, it's something that I did not expect. I thought that they would probably give it to Bruno Salter for maybe up till Wolves and maybe try to do a Nagelsmann or an Enrique hiring before that. Right. And why I say spe- spe- uh, exclusively Nagelsmann and Enrique is that I've been trying to follow the rumors. And till now, I don't think there have been any strong rumors for Poch or, or anybody else. Uh, I think Mourinho's agent is trying to manufacture some rumors, like planting some stories in the media, but mm. it's not been that strong. What has definitely been reported is Nagelsmann and Enrique. Like They have talked to the club for sure. Um, so with this interim business, what I feel is that, yeah, so if you are, if your philosophy is that uh, you want to make a... Uh, a well thought out signing after interviewing them and listening to their thoughts about the current squad and the number of young players that we have signed right now and how they will incorporate them into the team and the tactics and formations and how you're going to use them and who's going to be sent out on loan and all of that. Then that decision to be that decision I understand would require some time. Like if it's it's making a permanent managerial hiring before the Madrid game at this point would be very hasty. I can't imagine that both of them, both the co-owners with their inexperience in football and add on top of that, they have this huge bulky uh, managerial structure of the, I don't know, director, technical director, whoever they've hired, like all of these people to sit down and make a decision together, it'll be probably be a very hasty decision before Tuesday. So I understand the reasoning why they decided to have more time to make a decision. And then this gives, um, this gives an advantage in one way. Um, the options that may be available in the summer uh, might be much more than just Nagelsmann and Poch and Enrique. Like you might have Ancelotti out of a job. You might have availability of Sampaoli at Napoli. It's, it's a possibility. But mm. on the flip side, if Nagelsmann is your number one choice, Madrid might poach him. So that's the dangerous game you're going to play if you're going to leave it till the summer. I mean, PSG is definitely most likely going to fire their coach. 
Yeah. And so PSG is going to be destination number two then. Like we'll be we'll be at the back of the line, and right. we won't have Champions League football to entice one of some of the good managers out there either. Right. So, uh, so it's a dangerous game that they're playing. I hope they make a decision soon. Uh, maybe towards the end of the season, if uh, managers have a better idea of whether they're going to stay the next year, they can talk with them and make take the call. Um, I'm all for taking your time to make a sound decision. Like you don't want to bring Nagelsmann in and then Nagelsmann two weeks later turns around and says, "I need another three hundred million invested in the summer." Like. Yeah, our our financial fair play will be in ruins then, like in complete tatters. So, uh, someone who is like willing to work with what we have, but at the same time has a vision for the club. So, and I am struggling to make take a call about that. Oh, how? But but you know, let let's save that for a little bit later. Let let me finish up talking about Lampard. Uh, when it comes to Lampard, I I will admit right now. i cannot separate my emotion from my rationality like my decision making the minute i heard lampard i couldn't help but feel excitement it will probably be a, the same situation that we had towards the end of his managerial career where you had like a crazy 433 formation and we lose some games we'd win some games we'd probably be high on emotion uh the one good thing i can think about it is that the home crowd will be buzzing like whether we win or lose they'll be singing his name and they will absolutely love it um so for that i'm all up for and it it it's hard it's hard because it's he's the record club goal scorer and i i grew up watching this guy basically being a football idol so it's hard for me to think about uh whether he's the right or wrong guy for the job it it's almost like a given okay whatever if you're going to finish 11th i might as well finish 11th under under frank lampard it's like that's the sort of thinking that comes into my brain um it would be awesome if we were able to defeat ancelotti's madrid it would be awesome if we could face tuchel's bayern these are all like you know castles in the air who knows whether this will happen but Let's see. Stranger things have happened at Chelsea, but in all likelihood, that's not going to happen. So my hope for the next ten games is that we see players who we haven't seen before, maybe get get a little bit of a consistent lineup, so that uh, some of the promising players can show showcase their skills, especially people like Modric, Enzo, um, uh, maybe Fe- Felix too. uh maybe polisic can will probably have a run uh, run out because lampard was playing him regularly at towards the end mm-hmm. um so it, probably players that will miss out would be kepa number 1 lampard will probably bring in mendy immediately i doubt whether kovacic will get game time kukurella will probably go out too and he'll probably sw- switch to a back four so mm-hmm. these are interesting things and i am excited for the next 10 games but what i am trying to do is to temper my expectations i should probably just go into this with zero expectations and and just enjoy the ride while we can so right. one one small interesting question i think we can talk about before talking about the permanent manager situation is what will it take for manager, for lampard to become the permanent manager in your in your mind if you are the owner what will it take 
will it be winning the champions league or will it be unbeaten what is it so i know what it will take for champ lampard to lose his job before the end of the season right so if we if we get out of uh, if we lose to real madrid and they've had enough time to interview people and uh, they go like sure you know our new manager is so and so um what's the point in the last couple of games at least let this new manager come in and assess the squad for the next season so he can tell who needs to go out and who needs to stay right continue winning in champions league games then they'll keep lampard because mm-hmm. it's only fair to do that um i don't think if they're smart i would not keep lampard on a permanent basis regardless of what he achieves um right. the only reason i would keep lampard is if lampard is willing to hire an assistant coach who like a steve holland or like right. a or like someone i would have liked to see holland get the the caretaker job by the way i would have mm-hmm. really liked i think he did his work is underrated uh, i think uh, lampard lacks in some technical uh, knowledge that i right. think that he if he and we spoke about this towards the end of lampard's first time at chelsea like if only he can have someone who can he he's clearly he's more the ancelotti type than the pep type which is clearly yes yeah so give him the support to learn and see so then then that's the case and the other thing is if the players back him clearly if you're going to say the players didn't feel comfortable i mean so far no player has has complained about potter They've and compl- i don't think he's that type of personality where any player would want to complain about him either exactly so i think then i i don't think we should hire him unless of course he is what saddened me about his term in everton is he didn't seem like he was humbled he didn't seem like he learned anything from chelsea right i on and this is not this is not to say that like he, obviously he learned something i didn't see it regularly i didn't see that he the way everton were playing the way mm-hmm. the results were so well you never know what everton you're going to get i was like oh my god ptsd right here <laughs> yeah yeah I'm and like, i can see i can just see from the lineups that everton had uh, when lampard was the manager and when when sean dyche is now the manager like the same sort of putting it in a very crude way the same sort of naivety when it right. comes to team selection right he, he plays demare gray when everton are struggling to defend at the back so right. yeah. the same sort of thinking we are so right. but you never know some some players and managers struggle at lower clubs and at lower divisions and all of a sudden at the top they're really good but with lampard we've seen that towards the end of his managerial career he did struggle tactically quite a bit so and i and see. i don't and i don't know and i and and i don't know i don't think he's gained enough and i don't want if we're going to be a club mm. that cares about silverware and if we're going to be a club that is not about the long term thing then don't go for lampard if you're going to go for the long term i'd still say i'd still say pochettino is very more much more qualified as a coach than lampard is right you may not like him because he and it's spurs you might not like him because you know won anything but you can't deny the fact that he has more technical knowledge 
than Lampard does. Right. If you're trying to go, if you're trying to go for long term, if the yep. goal is long term, then yes, you should. So, what do you think? Would you keep Lampard? If imagine if we go unbeaten until the rest of the season, mm. would you keep him? So, I really like the point you made about uh, having a number, uh, a, a number two in coaching who has been around the block and actually tactically very sound. Steve Holland is an excellent example, but unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have him right now because I think he's with the England setup right now. Right. Um, it, it will take some... It for, for me, okay, let's say I'm the owner. If we make it to the final of the Champions League and we make... And we have... What do we have? We have nine games. So... 20, if we have 20 points out of 27, I think that would be a point where they might make it a strong consideration for where it would be make him a strong contender to be the permanent manager. So it all depends upon whether he has good rapport with the players and when pe- players are actually progressing under him. That is very important. So I don't know. I'm, strugg- I'm struggling to think what I would do, but I know what the owners would do. If that happens, they're definitely going to hire him as permanent manager. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced because at that point, the entire, like, entire English media, punditry, home, like, fans at Stamford Bridge, all of them will put the, put the pressure on. And, yeah. and one thing I've learned about these owners is that they, they listen to what the fans are saying. So I, I think uh, that so, so might become a reality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk about the permanent manager. So this is very interesting. So you really like Poch. Do you want do you want to expand on that? What you what you talked about earlier? Yeah, I think Poch, as reported by Matt Law and others, uh, brought about a good vibe, um, an energy that was similar to how Mourinho was when he was young. I don't think Poch has. Um, so I think he might be a candidate where. He brings the energy without the acidity. Um, what I don't like about the way people are reacting to the different um, people, it's very um, interesting. Oh, um, I don't want my manager to come into the training ground on a skateboard. And I'm like, what is... Like apparently Bayern officials were really upset when now right. and I'm like, why? And people have been saying that, yeah, I don't want like I don't want a manager who comes into the squad on a, comes into training on a skateboard. I'm like, why does that matter? And clearly it does matter because clearly I'm never going to win this argument because that was my same argument about Potter, right? Mm. Why does it matter that he's not being super responsive in his interviews? What he needs to be super responsive inside the doors. He doesn't need to show it outside, but clearly it matters. So, if perception is a factor, mm-hmm. then I think that we honestly, I don't think we have good candidates. I think we have a list of candidates that are possibly really bad in, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. It's okay. bad because he's. Also, his stock has dropped since uh, leaving Tottenham. He interviewed for the Chelsea job and he, when it was after Tuchel, and they took Potter over Pochettino. 
So he's already interviewed. So that's why his name is not going around because they already know what they're getting with him. Right. Also, fans, I don't know how they will feel about a Tottenham, former Tottenham manager, because whatever said and done, we hate Tottenham. Yeah. Um. So Lampard has his technical flaws. Luis, I, I think Luis Enrique is the least of evils. Mm. It's hard to say anything because everybody feels that Messi is a cheat code. But yeah, right, right, right. Like, um, oh, Pep won the treble at Barcelona. Well, guess what? <laughs> Luis Enrique won like five trophies in one season or, you know, whatever. So mm. what are you going to say? He's he's clearly very good. Um, Nagelsmann is great. What I guess my question would have been, would you have hired Nagelsmann if he was the Nagelsmann from Leipzig? Because that's the question you have to ask. Not because he's coming from Bayern. Right. Because he's coming from uh, there. Um, I don't think they're the managers we want. I think if we... You and I have had lots of discussions on our admiration towards Klopp. Right. And you can see, right, there's levels to this. None of these managers come close to Klopp in terms of just that personality, uh, just that um, execution, the consistency, all of that. And so I I feel like if, and if, I know for a long time there's been rumors that Ancelotti is going to go to Brazil. Um, I feel like um, if these owners want to learn the ropes, learn the ropes with someone who's been around the block a bit. So yeah. Ancelotti would be my preferred hire, except he won't be uh, hired. But I would pay a lot of money to uh, if Ancelotti is going to move and say, listen, we learn from you while you manage the club for two years or whatever, and we'll give you whatever retirement you want and you deserve. Right. Um, he, I'm, I'm surprised he's not on top of the list. Um but I wouldn't go. I I hope the club doesn't go for ooh Nagelsmann because he's he's the sexy choice. Um, and I mean Luis Enrique, I respect him a lot because of what his teams. Where I saw them play, I really like Luis Enrique a lot. But I think that if you're going with a squad this big, and if mm-hmm. you have the players in contracts like this, mm-hmm. you need someone like Ancelotti or Pochettino. Who can Pochettino has a record of working with young talent. Say what you want, but he he did. Kane was young. Kane was from nowhere, and so Pochettino found him. Deli Ali for that one season, sure. Son, sure. I mean, Modric can be if if Modric reaches Son's level, I'd be happy to be honest. If he's able to reach Son's level, I'd be really happy. Um, So yeah, that's why I think either Poch or Ancelotti. What do you think? So, this is still very early and I think we will wind up having a lot of discussion regarding this topic. Uh, It's very confusing to me right now. Poch is somebody I actually didn't even think about coming into this podcast. And uh, now that you've talked about him, I sort of see the argument for Poch, considering that we have a lot of young players, a lot of impressionable players that Poch will probably have a very positive effect on. The one thing I worry about Poch is that uh, has, and people say this uh, a lot of times about managers, but I do think it's important. That sort of edge 
when it comes to winning tournaments, winning finals. I think Brendan Rodgers suffers from the same thing. The the sort of uh, tripping just before the finish line, like like how Brendan Rodgers did with Le- Leicester, right. unable to finish top four. Uh, well, he, granted, he did win the FA Cup, so that's a good thing for him. I worry, worry if Poch is of the of a similar ilk where. He's really good. He's like really good tactically. He's really good at working with the young players, developing them, uh, taking the club to a next level where they can challenge higher up the table. So he might be really good at that. But it takes a certain ruthless side to you to finish the job off. Like that willingness to do anything. The willingness to even change your own philosophy in order to beat the opponent. And yeah, you know, like uh, me talking this right now might be very uh, stupid, and I not might not have the entire context of his situation, of Poch's situation. But I I worry about that. But I I really like what, you, what the arguments you made for Poch. Um, I have seen rumors out there where the uh, the the owners have reached out even to Conte and Mourinho. Which, if they're doing that, then the search is truly exhaustive. I genuinely hope they don't bring in, definitely not Conte, because I think he will wreck the squad, especially considering this filled with young players. He right. doesn't have any experience to lean on. Mourinho probably will, you know, have a good time and, you know, have a bright start and probably have some success, but. Mourinho has one one trick in the book. It's basically siege mentality, siege mentality, siege mentality. The world is against you, and that only lasts till a certain extent, right? Yeah, so which gets, um, which gets uh, you know, it gets tired really soon. Like our seasons, like there's uh, August, September, October, November would be great, but then after that we'd be like we're already exhausted with this fighting against the press. Can you just? I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't just say that. I I'd, I'd probably say he'd probably have success. Of definitely top three and maybe even push for the title, but then everything's gonna go downhill after that because and this is not one data point. This is multiple data points. We've right. seen it all the time, and this is for the same reason I uh, uh, do not want to entertain any talk about Simeone either. Like his football is dreadful. Like right. I would, and I, I I get your point. Like Chelsea doesn't care about that. The fans just want the team to win, but at the same time, Simeone has not always been uh, on top of Barcelona and Real Madrid either. Like they, they have a philosophy, but it's not guaranteeing that they're going to win either. Uh, so I do not want Simeone for sure. Nagelsmann is interesting. Uh, I don't know much about him. And what, the point you made is actually quite uh, important. Like, Would you even consider him if he's not an ex-Bayern coach? If he was just a Leipzig coach who had success at his former club, would you hire him? And I think in many ways, it's a very similar situation to that of Potter. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm not saying Leipzig and Brighton are comparable. They're different leagues and Leipzig is probably a top four club. But it's a similar sort of situation where it's a more of an inexperienced manager. They tactically try to do new things. They are very flexible in their approach. So, and I have a feeling that these owners are probably a little bit put off by that approach. Maybe now they'll try to go after a little bit of a little bit of experience. Someone like an Ancelotti, maybe. It's and so that's, why I, yeah, yeah. that's why I think Enrique has a really good chance. Uh, Enrique, the thing I worry about is the what you said about Messi. Like, apart from Barcelona, I don't think he's really had that good of a coaching career 
in in terms of uh, Spain or even the clubs he's managed. So right. could be interesting. I would absolutely love Ancelotti. Uh, interesting thing about Ancelotti is, I like at Chelsea at Madrid. He already had a a core setup. Like he just right. shows up and lets people let people be who they are. Like I don't know if how how he works with young players. So that's the important thing to consider. Even with Zidane, I think it's something similar, yeah, right? With Madrid. I was just going to say the one person who's not spoken about is Zidane. Zidane, yeah. And, I have and, reservations about Zidane because I have not seen enough of him. So, for me, yeah. Zidane would be like, you couldn't... What, has he ever done the double? I, I'm not sure. But, like, the point I was trying to make about Zidane is that, yeah, he's shown it, but he's shown it for one club. And he's shown it for the one club that has established winners with a lot of experience. So, has he ever worked with youths? I don't think so. Well, he was part of the Real Madrid youth setup, but that's a completely different, uh, you know, ball game. Like this is at Premier League the, level. Yeah, the players know that they're part of the youth team. It's not. Yeah. they're not coming with the egos. Yeah, um, that's definitely true. Yeah, we need, yeah, we need to talk about the the Nagelsmann thing. Um, I need to figure out if I if I can find a way to, um, scientifically, um. Um, find the the signal in all this noise. So weird. Potter and Nagelsmann both got fired in re- recently. Yeah. But Potter will never be recruited by another club of Chelsea's stature. Yes. Nagelsmann, on the other hand, does that. Now, I'm, I'm not. I, there's always the English bias working against you. Mm-hmm. We like fancy, sexy, you know, European coaches. Yeah. So that's always there. But it's so funny. Like I can't. People who are screaming Nagelsmann, I'd like. I'd like to ask them whether they hire Nagelsmann out of uh, Leipzig. And if you try to draw parallels between Porter and Nagelsmann, why? Would you pick one over the other? To our point, maybe this is our our theme is perception is everything, man. Right. Like, because I don't know whether you could tell me um, tactically whether... I have not seen, so I don't know. I'm not saying. Maybe Nagelsmann is more technically established than uh, Potter. But maybe if they're equal, clearly Nagelsmann is not as good a man manager, better man manager, because he's had his issues with the squad. Right. So what are you saying then? Why why are you picking Nagelsmann then? And the sad thing is, why is Potter now suddenly damaged goods, but Nagelsmann's not because he got fired by Bayern. So if I were the owners, I'd call Bayern and say, what's what's happening? What happened? Like, why did you get let go of him? And if they see that there's certain common things between Potter and Nagelsmann, then they go like, whoops, we've seen this before. We don't want to see it again. Right, um, right. This guy who's, who wants to try these different things. I know they have different personalities. I know Nagelsmann's known to be more stubborn than Potter is. Yeah. But you get my point. It's, it's yep. perceptions, everything. And so... Yeah, I, I mean, it, it. I think we've sort of had a similar... Disc- I can't remember the topic exactly, but when it comes to the the English sphere, the Premier League, this, a lot of times, 
the same level of player or same level of manager if he's a bit unknown it's almost a, a bit of you know like they're a bit exotic like they must be good like you don't know much about him but if bayern ha- if bayern hired him then he must be good so right. it's it's like sort of reliant on these uh, reputations of other clubs and leagues rather than actual analysis of their performance so that's probably what's happening with nagelsman right now and i i really hope uh, and yeah this, this is another thing i wanted to talk about uh, one small point about relating to nagelsman may we've made a lot of hires in our uh, director of football and all this football organization these christopher wevels and paul win stanley all of these people are from that leipzig that yeah that 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 sort of world right that leipzig uh, hierarchy where they made a lot of recruitment and scouting and all of that so that i like are they completely unbiased like do, do they're going to push dagerson because they know him and they like him right Right. So if they're going to make a decision I think it's going to lean towards Nagelsmann. I I hope there are other voices in the room as well. So I don't know about that. But the final point I'm saying is that I hope Liverpool loses the their remaining games and Klopp gets fired because I can't think of anybody else that right. I would want 100% at the club. Like get him immediately. I would even negotiate a fee with Liverpool like just like let him go. We'll take him because imagine Imagine what he would do with Chelsea's resources when he could do that with Liverpool's resources. I know, and I mean the you want to listen. You want to tire these players out? Don't worry, we've got <laughs> we've got twice. The yeah, exactly. We have forty players. So. <laughs> keep rotating. But yeah, tire them out. Let them do the 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 heavy metal pressing all they want. And yeah, um, yeah, and you know maybe in the next um, episode we can talk more about Potter. um and we yeah. can do a deep dive on that or the deep dive on the manager but um yeah this is chaos that is chelsea fc so c in chelsea fc stands for chaos chaos yeah yeah and uh, it's 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 just chelsea dna like it's it's we are, we are our club are like the equivalent of divas like we're not in the news we have to be in the news so <laughs> that's just the way we roll and Yeah, let's see. Things are exciting. Things are scary. But let's see what the future developments are. And you can be sure that we will be covering all things Chelsea in our next episode as well. Yep. And if you have any comments, feedbacks, please let us know. Any things you'd want us to talk about? Any particular thing you'd like us to do a deep dive on? Please let us know. We're thinking about different ways uh, we can engage uh, with other Chelsea fans. Um, any suggestions we are open to it thank you have a wonderful weekend